but here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. Like, so let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just yeah, that's where he just ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's good. Way to go. Look at the Rams today and ram it. Now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Ram What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers the Pod. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined by my brother and the other host of this show, Nick. And Nick, final week of the season. It's been a tough one. We got the Seahawks coming up in the last game of the year. Uh, Six-point spread. Do you think the Rams have a chance in this game? Want to see how you're doing. I'm doing good. I think they win outright, 100%. Money on the table. Already have the bet in place. Um, so I do, too. Really? I do. Yep, place the bet. Uh, I think it was Wednesday night. Two things, two huge factors. One, the NFL is going to want that Packers Lions game to mean as much as possible, and they flex it to Sunday night. So maybe officiating may lean towards us. Just a thought. Possibly. And then two, I feel like McVeigh in Seattle. Uh, I don't Baker Stafford. I don't care. I think they want to win this game. I think they want to win it so Goff has a chance to go to the playoffs. Um, and they want to win it for Bobby Wagner in a close game that they played last time that he had a great right. interception in. And yeah, there's a lot of reasons I think the Rams need to win this game. And obviously, Seahawks are a win in, not even a win and in scenario. They need to win and then watch the Lions lose. Or Seahawks, Lions win. Yeah, Seahawks situation is interesting. So for them to make the playoffs, they need to beat the Rams at home. Obviously, and then the Lions need to win. Who and the Lions need to win over the Packers, or they need to tie. They need a tie between the Lions or the Packers in order for them to get in. In the event, of, in the event the Lions win and the Seahawks win, the Seahawks would hold the tiebreaker by virtue of the head-to-head victory. Whereas the Packers and the Seahawks, if they both finish nine and eight, Green Bay would advance due to a better conference record. Right. So, yeah, it's a you know some some final drama at the end of the season. Exactly how the NFL has drawn it up, right? Where the opportunity is that there's three teams that are legitimate playoff threats in the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Packers. And that's just in the NFC. Yeah, and they're all fighting to get the final wild card spot in the NFC, that seventh seed. So very, very interesting the way that it's all unfolding. I I think the Rams being a six-point underdog, I think it was in the final game of the season, uh, Roberto Clemente, his name is on Twitter, tweets out really, really great, specific, detailed Rams statistics um, in the final home game of the season where they are – underdogs i believe they're two and three maybe they're one and three i have to go look back at the statistic but but go back to to roberto on twitter and and check out the stat so it's 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 a i think this is a unique situation as to where bobby wagner has an opportunity to break the rams all-time tackles record with 11 tackles against his former team um obviously you're not gonna have any aaron donald in this game no cooper cup no Allen robinson you're gonna be playing with the same kind of pieces that you've been playing with over the last five six weeks um, and I think that the continuity up front has been developing. It looks like they're very, very much committed to the run game. I think we tweeted out some cool statistics about C.J. Anderson closing out the 2018-2019 season in comparison to what Cam Akers has been able to do over the last couple of weeks. So I, I feel like this is going to be a really, really fun game to watch. 
right? You could see Kenneth Walker's coming off back-to-back 100-yard performances on the on the ground. The Seahawks are bottom 10 in points allowed, and Cam Makers is coming off two 100-plus rushing games. So it's I think a lot of the, the yardage is going to be earned on the ground in this game. Geno Smith is coming off a game where he threw for like 186 yards or 183 yards and two touchdowns, had a really solid passer rating. Um, but the, the Rams are able to get to him a little bit. Right? I think we had two interceptions against him the last time we played him in the 27-23 loss. Right. So there's, um, yeah, I think that this defense finally has an opportunity to step up a little bit. If you could shut down the run and force Gino to beat you in the same way that we asked for in the previous game, um, I think that they have a chance. We upgraded uh, in the QB position from the last time we played them. Very much so. Was it Perkins last time we played? Yeah, it was Perkins. Yep. Um, and we almost walked away with the win. We almost snuck one out there, and the guys really wanted that one because they kept cutting to, to Ramsey and Wagner on the sidelines, like freaking out. And Wagner had a, I think he had the he had a pick in that game. It was like the ball was like thrown near. Yeah, him. Wagner. Yeah, Wagner did. He had the the interception. Where he was coming down, and it kind of like fell into his arm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah, pretty miraculous so interception. I know that they want it. I know that they want to knock out Seattle. I know the NFL wants it, so the Lions have a chance to make the playoffs in Lambeau, and you know that Green Bay game matters a little more. Um, I'm excited. I have I have Rams, Lions. I got some other things in the works. I'll I'll break it all down for you guys. <laughs> Nikki's pickies is uh, is coming in strong. Yeah, there's um I think with this game, if the offense can kind of commit to what it's been able to do really well over the past couple of, of weeks where early on they commit to some complexities at the offensive line. You have some misdirection in the run game. You know, you have Baker Mayfield booting out on a play action. Baker Mayfield's good when he's under center and good when he's in play action, but he's also pretty decent when he's in shotgun. So it doesn't feel like the playbook is as limited as it was back three, four weeks ago when we had to play Seattle with Bryce Perkins. Um, I'm very interested to see what the offense is able to do. It seems like Tutu Atwell is very, very much developing. The offensive line does have some solid continuity with some health there. The Seattle Seahawks are not great at rushing the passer, and they're weak defensively overall. It feels like an opportunity where you can kind of compile some of the things that you've done over the last four or five weeks and be able to bring it into this game. I was looking back at the the Raiders game specifically, where we were six-point underdogs, which it kind of feels like the same kind of game. Right where the line is very much in favor of the opponent. Obviously, that game was at home, and you were there wearing the tape over the back of your Baker Mayfield jersey, the the old Robert Woods bone number seventeen. But that that Raiders game, it, you know, it seems like you're out. You know, you're only scoring what they had three points at the half, and then there was an offensive uh, explosion in the second half. So uh, you might maybe you see a little bit of that where you start a little bit slower. To me, though, the trends that I've been seeing over the last three weeks are that they're going to be able to start fast, commit to the run, and get out ahead offensively, and then be able to play the kind of defense, the kind of brand that Raheem Morris wants to play. And if you could, if you could limit guys like DK Metcalf, if you could li- limit Tyler Lockett, who I think is coming off of an injury, um, there, there's not too many weapons. I know that the one thing with Seattle, a lot of their completions last week came against tight ends. So if you can kind of limit the middle of the field and limit that second level of defense. Um, it, it, you know, it forces Geno Smith to have to take shots downfield. And yeah. that's where your guys like Kobe Durant and Jalen Ramsey and no Nick Scott in this game, unfortunately. So maybe some young safety play is able to step up. Maybe you see Russ Yeast come in and, and potentially earn a starting spot for next year. Yeah. So I'm I'm very interested in this game. I, like this is as excited as I've been to watch a Rams game in probably five or six weeks. Well, I think I'm going to be honest. I think from the Baker led Rams, the performance that you get, They've kind of flip flopped, right? It's it's what you expect. 
most of the time, Green Bay, um, Chargers, you know, you're not really getting a complete game. But then all of a sudden, you know, in the Raiders and the Broncos games, he's out there like balling out essentially. And like, I mean, the, the Raiders game, it took him three quarters to figure out what he was doing. But right. then once he got there in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, you know, he's leading down this like insane 98-yard touchdown drive. So I think that, you know, they're still trying to figure out the quirks, which is weird because it's coming to an end now. But you're kind of getting this Jekyll and, and Hyde team. And I think it's time, you know, they've kind of been going back and forth. It's like win-loss, win-loss. So it's time to get back in the win column, especially when it matters. Um, part of me almost wishes that we had this, like, a lot earlier on, you know? Like, if if we had the Baker-Frankenstein team when we were, like, in the middle playing uh, Seattle for the first time in Kansas yep. City, like, yep. we could we could realistically still be in that hunt. You know, like we have what six wins. Well, Nick, it's it's such a good point that you make too, because right, it's if you finish the season, you go six and eleven, and it's like, oh, the, this team is breaking the record for most losses by a Super Bowl champion in the following year. But if there's two games that go the opposite direction, it's eight and nine versus right, the, like that's going to make the wild card in the that Tampa game could have went our way. Um, yeah. the Seattle game could have went our way. This game could like mean something. Um, yeah, a couple games earlier on, it kind of definitely went our way. They definitely gave up too early. I mean, the Lions were, were one and six, and now they have all the tenacity in the world. And and the Packers were like two and eight or something. So, yeah, I mean, I remember the Packers were coming off of losses to the Giants, Jets, Commanders in three consistent. I think they went they went Lions, <laughs> Giants, Commanders, Jets, and they lost all four. Yeah, four consecutive losses. To me, that was like this team is not good enough to win, which is why I really like the Lions tomorrow especially if the Rams can get a win because it seems like the whole world's going to be rooting for the Rams and the Lions to to be able to get themselves in the playoffs. Right, and I have a little uh, cheeky uh, cheeky assortment of bets on top I've, of my regular week bets. I figured as much. I mean, this game has a little bit more meaning to it too, right? Because the, the overall record between the Seahawks and the Rams, it's currently Seahawks 26, Rams 24. That's overall. <laughs> Just right. like lifetime record? Lifetime record, yes. Yeah, Seattle has scored 18 more points total than the Rams. So it's 1,068 versus 1,050. Kind of an irrelevant stat, but pretty interesting to know. Well, uh, this that's a shame because this could have been the year when we took it took it over. Well, we yeah, it should have been, right? So last the, the last time that they played them, it should have been 25 to 25 overall season, right? Because if the Rams won that game, it's a loss for Seattle win for the Rams. So 25-25 overall, this would be an opportunity to own the uh, the legacy series, right? Which is this crazy be- because like at least in the, you know, from from the St. Louis Rams days when they were, you know, the beast mode, um, you know, greatest defense ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just felt like they just completely owned us. And like since, since 2015, since Todd Gurley was drafted on this team and Aaron Donald, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So they're eleven and one, two, three, four, five. They're eleven and five against Seattle since 2015. Mm, that sounds right because I because even in the in those Jeff Fisher dark days, it felt like they always would win in Seattle, like eleven to ten final score or something like that. Yeah, I believe Jeff Fisher was there for the first time in 2013. I could be wrong there. It might be 2014, but that would mean that he lost his opening two games against Seattle, came back split, and then won the following two the next year. And the year after that, he also split. Mm. So, and pretty, I mean, it's it's just it's always a, yeah. The Rams against Seattle, no matter when, 
in time you're going to take them throughout history is always a good bet because usually they were plus money. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They, they were plus three and a half. They were plus right. six and a half. I think they got all the way up to nine and a half in the, uh, in the Fisher era. Cause that Seattle team was a juggernaut right in 2014, 2015 when they were coming oh off the Super Bowl. I mean, they should have the last two back to back Super Bowl wins. Uh, yeah, it's a shame that they don't. It's obviously a record that's owned by the Patriots. Nick, the last thing that I wanted to bring up too before we switch over to Nick's picks was the uh, the Sean McVay drama. Oh, um, see, this is something I kind of didn't want to get into because it really, really, really rattles me the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like it's a right here, right now discussion, right? When he's asked about it, he's like, I'm happy here. I'm happy now. I, I'm flattered by the opportunity, potentially. Who wouldn't be flattered by whatever the hell kind of price tag they're throwing above his head to be a you know, Thursday night broadcaster or a Sunday night broadcaster, either way. It, it's, it's so difficult, right? Because we were talking about Pete Carroll. I remember in the last Seahawks episode that we were talking about how if Pete Carroll, if his fuel to coach ever died down, he would be one of the best broadcasters that are out there. Sean McVay's half his age. If that competitive fire starts to sizzle out a little bit, you're going to see him in the broadcast booth sooner than later. But this is also a discussion, and I'm, I'm reading articles from, from Mike Florio of Pro Football Ref or Network or whatever the hell he's from. Um, and he's just always been against Sean McVay. It seems like the entire media narrative has always been like kind of pushing the envelope for him to eventually retire. I'm not sure exactly why. I guess it's kind of the wonderkind methodology where it's this young guy. He's came into the league so hot and he's had so much success. Like, let's see him sizzle out and then go into broadcasting and see if he could come back. It's like people just kind of teeter-tottering with what they want to see happen with Sean McVay. But this article goes all the way back to February 15th last year after they won the Super Bowl. And these same articles kind of continue to be recycled. Until it happens, I don't believe anything. Right. I've, I've heard Sean McVay lie about injuries. I've heard him lie about different situations, about different play calls. Like, I feel like he just kind of says what he needs to say in the moment when he's in a press conference. He's very much an in the moment kind of person. Um, and, and to me, that's that's kind of the only direction you can go with it right now. You can't sit here week 18 of his sixth season and say, oh, he's definitely going to hang it up. I don't think players, coaches, anybody really wants to go out that way. I think you give it one more shot and reevaluate everything at the end of next season. I think there have only been a handful of times when McVeigh has been truly candid and ha- hasn't brought the um, like the perfect, beautiful man up to the stage to answer the questions how a coach should. Um, <laughs> it's not that think, easy. Right, right, right. But he, that's one thing he's really good at. Yeah. Um, it was after the Dolphins game in 2020, and they asked a question about, like, what are you going to do about Goff's four turnovers in this game? And he was like, our quarterback needs to do a, a, a better job not losing the football, not turning over the football. And that was like, whoa. Like, I, like I've never heard him say anything like that. And then the other two times are hella recent when he was like, after Donald, Cup, Ramsey, and Stafford are gone, I'm probably out of here. And then yeah. now this, where he's like, I want to be here right now, but my focus is going to be like to have a family and whatnot. It just feels so um, throwing this Rams team to the curb, um, and which is kind of a little heartbreaking because I, at least the way I would see it, if I've reached my goal as a uh, – let's say I want to be a, like a, a, a pianist, a concert pianist, if I reach my goal and I get there and I do that for like six years, 
I would never. I would not stop until they until they pull me out. Like what? Yeah, but here's to, here's the alternative. The Say, Harbaugh's and the Belichick's and the Pete Carroll's, where it's like. If I'm not coaching, I don't know, like, what else can I do? Yeah, but say, for example, like, you're the lead pianist for whatever the hell you said. Say, for example, they heard you sing on downtime and they wanted to promote you as the lead singer for, you know, the primetime slot. And it's offering $15 million more than what you made as, as a pianist. Right, right. Thoughts. Thoughts. So my thoughts are, can I really abandon this concert tour that I've kind of been with and has taken <laughs> me and made me who I am? Your um, residency in Vegas? Right. Can I really let Vegas down? And, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll I'll sing for a little bit. But at the end of the day, I'm a pianist, man. I'm going to play. I'm going to play my piano. And I feel like he's going to do he's going to do the He's going to copy Gruden. You know, he's going to go on air like two, three years. Gruden was horrible, by the way. He was so bad on air. <laughs> um, I think people thought gonna, he was going to kind of be like the next John Madden. I think that's what everybody hoped, but he yeah. did not even have that kind of charisma at all. He also doesn't really look like a football guy. Uh, yeah, I, th I mean, I think he had it. I, I mean, like the Gruden quarterback camps and the come on, man. You know, everything with the eyebrows and everything they used to do. I, I, I thought there was a, and there was, you know, Frank Caliendo coming out and doing impressions of it. There was, I think there's a lot of good stuff that came from John Gruden as a broadcaster, but I, it's a team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that he won a Super Bowl with. They just stacked across the board with Hall of Fame talent, but you got to be the one that kind of brings it all together. I don't know if he, the, like the whole Gruden McVeigh thing, the comparisons, everything that comes along with that. Like, I don't, I don't know if Sean wants to follow that template, and maybe he does because it's it's the family that essentially brought him into the league. Well, yeah, right he doesn't want to get fired for his shit emails. Well, but I mean, also look at the brother too. Like the brother, I think was an, an an assistant or he was an advisor to the Rams a couple of years ago. And, you know, those were that he was in charge of Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur and all of these top coaches. And uh, he's no longer in the league. So to me, there's there's confusion as to why you would want to trend in that direction versus you being the face of this franchise. Nick, you talk about it all the time. How often are coaches the one of the faces of the franchise? Right. Very, you know, how often are you, you know, you're creating promotional material for your head coach? Like it's maybe one in five. So I think it's even less than that. I think I think Campbell is now doing a good job, but throughout the ages, it's been Belichick, Madden, McVeigh, Gruden, um, Reed. I guess, I guess Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Tomlin, Tomlin for sure. But even like. To the sense where McVeigh is like on the posters, like that's that's not like you know what I mean, like on the screensaver for the Super Bowl win. Like McVeigh yeah. is one of the main guys. I feel like that's not something that that you usually see. Well, and here's the other side of it too, where it's like, listen, Sean McVeigh is incredible, and then people will automatically switch gears to Sean Payton, right? There's talk that Mike McDaniel would potentially leave the Dolphins or the Dolphins would fire Mike McDaniel, which almost makes zero sense to me, which I feel like is a lot of rumors. But here's the other side of it. If Mike McDaniels gets fired, isn't offered another head coaching job, McVay and McDaniel are able to be together in terms of here's an offense, here's an offensive mind, an offensive assistant, a coordinator. You got every single offensive piece combined together in that same room. And obviously you're coming back, you're, you're, you're reuniting to take down Kyle Shanahan as well. Um, that to me would be something extremely interesting and would be a reason why Sean McVay would stay in the league, right? If you take that much weight oh, and yeah. pressure and work off of his shoulders and McDaniel is the one that's calling the offense, 
I mean, I feel like we solved their problem. I don't think Stafford's decision is is completely set in stone. I know he says he's going to come back. I, I agree um, with you completely. But I don't think it's 100%. Uh, I think he has to do a lot more reevaluating over the offseason. Um, and then hopefully, potentially, Baker can just stay. Or maybe they get somebody else. I don't know. Um, but I do think if McVay leaves, hangs it up, and like by the end of next year, and they go six and 11 again, or like eight and whatever the other number would be <laughs> eight, nine, eight, nine, nine and eight, seven and nine and seven. Um, if they go around Fisher territory and then he hangs it up, I think it absolutely damages his legacy a hundred percent because it, like people are, are going to say active McVeigh haters already. It's like, oh, well, you know, if I had all those pieces, I could have been a Super Bowl head coach. And it's the that goes and, back to the same conversation right. with Gruden. Right. But then, yeah, right. I mean, you're saying he's not following the template. I feel like he's following it exactly. Um, but also, he mortgaged the future for the Rams. And I think the thought was he's going to be here when they're kind of in the dumps. So they're, they're not going to be like, you know, a, a horrid franchise. Well, like, to me – that like, to me is what they are right now. I I mean, you just won a Super Bowl last year. I don't, no, I don't, I'm saying this season though. It's like they're right. uh, they to me have in the last four weeks have prevented this season from being an absolute fucking train wreck. Right, I agree. I agree because because that's where it was headed. I mean, like every week it was just like yeah. like to the point where watching games was just kind of like an afterthought, which is yeah. sad. Well, after you well, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, it's like oh well, you know, the game's on, but. You know, I can do other things, but you know, like, what's the point of watching this Chargers game? They're probably gonna get blown out, and lo, lo and behold, they do. Um, but yeah, I like, I don't think that's gonna help him. And I, but then uh, on the same leaf, he'll have any job he wants when he comes back. Yeah, that's the other side. I mean, it's the Sean, which is just like, like, I don't want to see him coaching like the Chiefs after Andy Reid retires or something. Like, no, 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 I, I don't think I'll be able to stomach that, right? It's like, watch. Watching Aaron Donald play for a different team. It is and really hard for me to just think that he wants to like. It feels a little insulting to the Rams that for him just to be like, "Well, I, I am going to leave, and I am probably going to come back, and it's not going to be with the Rams." Um, so good luck, you know, like good luck. Yeah. Like we did it that one time. Like at least for Meal was like, "Look, man, I am I'm old. I can't do this anymore. I can't fathom another." Yeah, but then he time. came back. He came back and coached the Chiefs for like six years. He was full of shit. Right. He was totally full of shit. Not about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the other problem. He wasn't full shit. These coaches have very, very real burnout. If it takes for a guy to completely burn out to win a Super Bowl in St. Louis or Los Angeles, you know, so be it. Take off some time. But if you're going to take off some time, make sure you come back to the organization that brought you to where you are. Right. I think. Yeah. Go to the Chiefs. I I don't. I don't know how how it works with with Gruden, and now it's kind of muddled. But I feel like. I don't know if he can make the Hall of Fame. Well, you now. you saw with Gruden, right? He was out of the league for so many years. And he was then, out for a while, and then the criticism was the league went past him. Yeah, league moves like, too like fast. They developed ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, that's that was very, great. Very, oh my god, what was that? That was the 2018 season, the start of the season. Gruden versus McVeigh. Yeah, yeah, it was the Marcus Peters game with a you know HMD falling yeah. backwards. Yeah, yeah, that was the. That was great. And then that was like a great, like, oh, that's the one of my favorite, favorite Rams moments. 
but that so that was the 2018 preseason, or was it the first game of the no, season? It was the first, it was the game, first, of the first season. game of the season. I always get 17 because we were at the first game of the season in 17 where they just demolished the Colts. Colts, yeah, yeah. and then the following year it was the Raiders. You're correct. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Do you want to do a peak and valley of the season before we go on the next picks? Sure. Okay. Peak and valley. Go ahead. You start. <laughs> this must be a new segment that I'm not aware of. Um, yeah, just recap of the season. I love I it. I think the uh, my peak had to have been – there were, like, no happy memories in the beginning because they lost every, like – yeah every like important game. And then they won like these crap games against like the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that first Baker Mayfield game, and I think a lot of fans are going to say that, especially being at the stadium. Um, that was electric to see. Them it was, it was that. the way that he was signed. Was it a, was it a Thursday night game? Yeah. He was signed like Monday, signed Monday, going into Tuesday, had to fly out to Los Angeles, memorize the playbook on the plane, go out, beat the Raiders. And then it felt like the season kind of, Came back a little changed bit. Yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I yeah, think your expectations definitely. were they stayed around the same level, but at the same time, it was like, okay, this team will at least be competitive over the end of the season. It also we completely made some time to it. Yeah. Like it just completely shows how important the backup is in this league. And like, yeah. if they would have had somebody of Drew Locke, Baker Mayfield quality, then I think they could actually be in the playoff hunt if they would have stole a couple of games with those exactly. guys. But John Wolford is just horrible. My valley had to have been, or or whatever it was, the pit. My pit is definitely. Um, Don't say the same moment as me. I was going to say the end of the Tampa game, which was or that Tampa game against Brady, and like give them a chance to like score with like fourth and one left, and then they. Oh yeah, yeah, that was torture. My, because it was like, oh, if we win this, then like you know we're still kind of in it. Yeah. Yeah, and it prevents Tampa from still being alive too. If you right. they're almost out of it in this scenario, if we win that game, yeah, um, because it's another conference loss, another head-to-head loss, right? So, I think my my valley or downfall, or whatever it would be, is the John Wolford Hospital ball to Cooper Cup. It was the throw to the sideline. I was trying but, to leave out injuries because there yeah, were just so many. Yeah, but it was it, it was really on. it was really that whole game. It just it felt like the entire season was was completely over with and stopped. I was really close to saying just Wolford in general watching. Yeah, Wolford. you know what? There's really a couple. Like the David Edwards situation where he almost had back to back concussions in consecutive weeks. Stafford telling telling us that he had numbness in his legs from a, a spinal cord injury. I know it's it's this is all injury specific. Ugh. Um <laughs> sorry about that, but yeah, no, I know. It's, 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 it's because it's there. These are guys that we we love. And then I, I guess the other situation, which was a downfall for me. Sorry, I'm naming so many, but uh, you just had so many just come rush to my mind. Was Daryl Henderson being released? Yeah, yeah, that that really hurt. But I like I listened to some podcast that Peter Schrager was on, and I think the idea there was we're not going to keep you next year. We're going to release you, and if another team wants you, then you could be a part of a run. Right, right. And then you could earn the dollars and then potentially get a new contract with a different team. Totally. Jacksonville did him so dirty. But it's also – it wasn't just Henderson this year, right? It was Justin Hollins. It was Terrell Lewis. It was Terrell Burgess, right? There's a lot of guys defensively that were just – they cut ties with. And they were third-round picks, fourth-round picks, fifth-round picks that you needed to develop and contribute. And guys just just never did. So yeah. that's also kind of a downfall, but um, in a season where it seems like you can and kind Brady of Morris 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Raheem Morris, duck for tomatoes. Um, yeah, in a season where it seems like a lot, a lot has gone wrong, you have an opportunity to beat Seattle, keep them out of the playoffs, and give Jared Goff a chance to go make the playoffs with the Detroit Lions. So to me, following a Super Bowl victory season, uh, if you're going to tell me that they were going to be 6-11, and 11, but that last win was going to be against Seattle to send Jared into the playoffs, I would say, all right, fast forward, get me there. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I, I really hope the Rams can pull it out. I think there's a good chance. All right, are we ready for, for uh, Nick's final picks? We're ready. Was there a theme song that I missed or no? No, there was no theme song because this is just a overall, you know, we're going to go back and, and kind of break down all of all of the picks this year and see where we landed. So it's Should more we play the first comfort. first one you ever did? Because I still have yeah. a Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay. Let me jump into our sponsor real quick before we get into next picks. You do that. I'm going to refill my coffee. So Okay, go ahead. do it. Bet online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest, it's always the easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Nick, did you fill up your coffee? I did, and I <laughs> my, my cat snuck into the room. Oh, no. So I had to get the cat out before, uh, before Nick's picks. Zola. Yeah. All right. All right. Nick's Nick picks. So we had a pretty pretty fun year on Nick's picks. Dean, do you want to play the theme song just to co- commemorate all the theme songs? Sure, we'll play the, the, the first, first one, one ever. Yeah. First one ever. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> this was a good start. Nicky's picks right here on Thursday. Nicky's picks where we all come to play. There's I Dean, you were the hunky it. advisor. Dean's locks are not a part Then there's Dean's younger brother. He's the smart one. Meet their old dad, too. He comes on occasionally. Of course, it's time for Nikki's picks. They're the very best. He's the rootinest, tootinest gambler in the NFC West. <laughs> <laughs> it was always the NFC West, the ending, that got me. Mm. Very, very creative. What a great time we had on Nick's Picks this year. We had a positive year. Um, Dean, I want to read you some quotes, and I want to talk about the over-unders that we placed before the season because I went back and listened to that, and I was like, oh, boy. Like, what did we say? Oh, no. Rams over. I know we both took the Rams over 10.5. Rams over 10.5. me and you both soared over. Uh, also, I, I'm talking about how my book won't let me place Rams make the playoffs at minus 125, like more than $100, because I was like, oh, my God, what a smart book. Yeah, you should send them a, an email and thank them. Yeah, uh, that was horrible. But then we both had Lions over 6.5. I said they were a dark horse playoff team. And then we had a little rat-tat-tat back. So it goes you, me, then you. So you say – Talking about the Lions. If they win eight games, most Lions fans would consider it a success. 
which is absolutely true. And then I said, I think nine. I think they can get in the playoffs with nine. And then you said, I think Vikings are the true winner of that division. So, I mean, like we were, I mean, that's like almost like completely on the money right there. A little insight into the future there for you guys. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I I, I was a fan of that. And then Cardinals over 8.5. Me and you both said over. Up until this point, uh, I've been calling these bets Warios. I was like, oh, yeah, it's absolutely a Wario, which meant like a hammer, something I thought I was going to continue into the season that I did not. Um, But I called this Cardinals one a smaller Waluigi bet because I wasn't as confident. But the whole time, I'm just like, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. Kyler Murray could do anything. He can do no wrong. And then he's been, like, irrelevant this year. Yeah, wait till they set their over-under this year at five and a half or six. And we're probably both going to go over again. Maybe yeah, not. Maybe yeah. not. Depends what they do with the coach. And then, and, and and then we both loved Vikings over nine, um, which was pretty pretty easy for both of us. We were talking about how Kevin O'Connell is going to lead them to a divisional title, which was pretty great, and we mm-hmm. totally were on top of that. And then at the very end, I started convincing you and I both to go over Elite uh, Eagles nine point five. Because it had just moved from 8.5 to 9.5. Mm. And we were both, you know, we're like, you know what? Before it just keeps going, let's just get it now. And we ended up warioing it. So we went three for five on the over unders, which I think is pretty solid. Well, yeah. The Eagles hit that, what, five weeks ago? So that yeah. one was. I mean, th- th- that, was a, that was a no sweat. So, so I think we did pretty good on the over unders. Three for five. Three for five is kind of the, that's where I lived this season. Yeah, um, a win percentage at fifty nine percent. If you include the over unders, it's it's exactly sixty. Dean's locks, solid forty five percent. But I'll take that. Something that you have to consider is while it may be sixty percent, and while it may be forty five, um, a lot of Dean's locks were very positive. They were like a plus three hundred bet, plus four hundred bet. Um, also some of mine, like a lot of underdogs hit. So that 60% is good, but, but your total would be higher. Same with Dean's locks would be higher than a 45% hit rate because you yeah, have like the, the Skoranek anytime touchdown. And then the Eagles money line, Boston, right. right? Like those were both in the 600, 700 range. Yeah. Right. So, so that was, um, that would have made your money back tenfold like, from those weeks. Um, we had six, three and two weeks. Five weeks with over four wins, zero weeks with no wins, and then 18 theme songs. Uh, zero weeks with no wins is a win, I would think, holistically for the whole podcast and all the listening audience. Right. We, we, I mean, there's uh, how many weeks have you gambled? Where I'm not saying you personally, I'm saying for me, the listening audience, everybody, where you've not had a single win. Yeah. Right. Like to, to just get one is is pretty important. If you're betting across four games or you're just betting one singular game, just to get the one win matters the most. It's not a total right. loss for the day. And something that I I do on the show because I want it to be a, a longer segment. You know, I'll I'll throw in five bets. Um, so maybe next year I select the three that I think are like the best. Um, but the yeah. quick pick hit rate was at seventy percent. So for whatever reason, when I'm not doing the the thinking, the quick pick was like <laughs> was just hitting at like an insanely high percentage. I don't know. That's funny. I can't really explain that. 
Uh, well, I, I think that makes sense too. Cause you, I think the less you think about it, you know, right. if, you, if you really dig into the detail, you can kind of sway your way in either direction. And then let me tell you what I'm doing this week. I think it's, you kind of have a recipe for some kind of money coming in. Um, so I have Rams money line straight bet, which is plus two ten. Lions money line plus one ninety. So best case scenario, that's like four hundred dollars right there coming in. Okay. Like if you bet a hundred, yeah, that's like four hundred coming in um, on each. Now you can do a parlay of Seattle and Green Bay. So then if both of your bets don't hit, then you're only down a hundred. Mm. And then if you want to be even cheekier, you could do those three. And then the final one be a Rams lions tease, tease the Rams to 13 and the lions to nine. And then that way you could go two for two, or you could go three for one. Like there's a lot of hmm. different scenarios, but you're covered the entire time. But there's also a chance that you rake in a good amount of cash. We may need you to break that all down again on Twitter for our audience before they're going to place the bet. Because I think I, me I, as a as an inexperienced gambler, somewhat experienced, but I would say for the for the overall, mostly inexperienced, it went a little bit over my head. I would have a hard time setting that up. But if you explained it to me again, I would figure it out. So you have $400, and then we'll tweet it too if you want. Yeah. You have $400, you're putting $100 on four bets. The first bet being Rams money line. Okay. Second bet being Lions money line. Okay. And then you do a Lions Rams tease. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You get the Rams at plus 14 and the Lions at plus nine. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, those are two winners right there. Right. That feels like it's like it, it that's a guarantee. Mm -hmm. so then that way, if all three of those hit, you're already at $500. Gotcha. But then you would lose a hundred because the final leg is uh Packers Seahawks to cover us in case none of those hit. So you're taking so then, the other side of the, of the leg. Gotcha. Right, right. Gotcha. So I think worst case you're hedging, scenario. Hedging your bets. Right. Worst case scenario, Seattle and the Packers win. But I would also think even in that worst case scenario, the, the tease still covers. Yeah, the tease will cover. So then you come out flat zero as opposed to down money. Yeah. But if the Rams win – you know, you're already up 200. Right. And then hopefully the T's hits and hopefully the Lions win as well. Like there's a, like you are betting with your heart with the, with money lines because it's, it's, it's like plus 200, mm -hmm. but also you're coming out of a situation where essentially you could be up $500. And like the worst case scenario is you're down a hundred, you know? I think that makes sense. I, for whatever reason that T's to me, if you go, if you go Lions, Rams, and then Lions, Rams, T's, like that, I think those are your two winners. Yeah. And then maybe even throw in like a $25 Lions, Rams parlay because that'll probably give you like 200. Yeah. I think there's some other like prop bets that I would probably go in on. You know, yeah. specific to the Rams, I'd go Kimmy. Oh, oh yeah. Yards. I mean, Tyler yeah. Higby, anytime touchdown scorer is, is my lock of the week. I like it. I'm going to go Cam Akers over his yardage total. It's probably somewhere around 75. 
I would say. I think he's going to soar away over that. Also, if you want to fade the public, which is something that we don't do a lot on Knicks picks, but Browns plus two, um, they're coining that as like the rat line, where it's like, why are the Browns plus two? It was on the... It was on Bill Simmons' podcast, and he just kept calling all this stuff rat lines. And I was like, that's hilarious because I know exactly <laughs> what that means because it like it shouldn't be Browns plus two. Like Steelers are red hot and the Browns kind of suck. But Yeah, here's here's what I would do just because we talked about this a little bit earlier on in the episode. I'm going to give you my lock, even though you haven't yet asked for it. I'm going, <laughs> Cam, Akers. I'm going Cam Akers and Kenneth Walker, both over in rushing yards. Cam Akers is 74 and a half, so almost exactly what I said. And then Kenneth Walker, 78 and a half. Okay. So that's my lock. I love it. Yeah, you get it at like plus 300. Well, I think uh, I think that'll do it for for Nick's picks of the final week of the season. I'll probably do a playoff one coming up. but Oh, yeah, we'll definitely do playoff picks. I'm yeah. going to be most excited for that as our team's not around this mm-hmm. season in the playoffs. So I'm going to be all on board with you. Nice. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Thank you guys for listening. Great episode, brother. That was awesome. That was just fun. I'm glad that that we can end the season on a high note. Hopefully, yeah, it's us. it's it's always fun. I hope you guys enjoy listening. We we do always have fun recording these podcasts. We're gonna have a lot of fun growing over the next year, two years. Uh, a lot of fun stuff kind of coming your way. Every single thing in terms of video and and shorts and Instagram posts and TikToks and everything, it's this is going to be a big deal in the next yeah. coming years. So we're hoping that the Rams kind of follow the same line and trajectory that the Rams brothers are following, and not vice versa, because that's what it's been since McVeigh has gotten there. It's stand in line, follow the path forward, and 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 climb to the top. Um, so we're a little flip flopped next year. Hopefully they they catch they catch back up and. Uh, We're all on the same page. But thank you guys for listening. Like, subscribe. We love you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Horns up, guys. Thanks for coming. Peace. Go Rams. Who's house? Beat Seattle. Go Jared. Let's go 16. Let's go 1-6. All right, guys. Peace. Peace.